I want you to turn to Psalm 91. If you have Bibles, you can just keep that open, or we will also have that scripture on the screen. Psalm 91 is a powerful psalm of prayer for protection. Can you say prayer? For protection. Psalm 91 is a psalm of prayer of protection. We all know Psalm 91. Many of us know Psalm 91, you know, from our memory. We used to memorize Psalm 91 and recite Psalm 91 even in our childhood days. It talks about the safety of abiding in the presence of the living God. Especially during a pandemic, you know, Psalm 91 has been a blessing for many families. Psalm 91 comforted many families and strengthened many families during this time of pandemic. If you look into Psalm 91, and then we are going to just dwell just only in Psalm 91 today, there is no author mentioned in the Hebrew text of uh, this portion of the Bible. We do not really know who wrote Psalm 91, but it is strongly believed that Psalm 91 was originally written by Moses, and it is compiled by David to fit in the, in the midst of the rest of the Psalms. So we believe that Psalm 91 was written by Moses. So a couple of reasons why we believe, and I believe, that Moses was the author. Moses could be the author of Psalm 91. Psalm 91 talks about the close acquaintances anyone can have with the living God. Moses experienced that. If you remember in Mount Sinai, in wherever he went in the wilderness, he experienced that, that close relationship that ever could, anyone could ever had on the face of this earth, Moses could experience that. The wilderness journey that Moses went through, he brings that picture into Psalm 91, and we are going to see that in a moment. The first-hand information of experiencing a living God is witnessed by Moses in this psalm. Because Moses went through deadly situation in his life. And every time he experiences the protection of God, the first-hand information, that first-hand experiences that he could gain as he was taking the children of Israel through the wilderness, and he is bringing that into picture for us to realize and for us to read. And also the author reminds us that we are not alone in this journey. Even though we are in the midst of problems, even though we are in the midst of challenges, he reminds us that he is with us, God is with us, he will not let us alone. As I said, the Psalm 91 is a psalm of protection. The psalm is commonly used when people don't find a place to rest. When people are so targeted, you know, they lose their rest in their lives, they lose their peace and joy, they don't find a place to go and hide themselves, they come and take Psalm 91 and read and try to hide themselves. The psalm is reassuring. The psalm is comforting. The psalm is strengthening and encouraging us to continue the journey that God has given us on the face of this earth. And this morning, I encourage you to just be awake and listen so that you may, God may speak to you and strengthen you. And when you are sent out this morning, you may go with that strength. You know, that's my prayer and desire this morning. This morning, I would like to title my sermon as Divine Travel Protection. Can you say divine? Divine Travel Protection. Psalm 91, I would like to title as Divine Travel Protection. Now, listen to me. Now, we need to apply this psalm. We need to apply some of the basic Christian principles to Psalm 91 when we understand Psalm 91. 
This psalm doesn't guarantee a trouble-free or sick-free life. Psalm 91 doesn't guarantee a trouble-free or sick-free life. But this psalm provides us or guarantees protection in the God's protection in the midst of troubles. Do you understand the difference? It doesn't guarantee a trouble-free life, but it, instead it assures, it, 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 it gives us, it guarantees protection in the midst of troubles. The psalm provides us confidence, assurance, and encourages us to trust in God. This also provides, the psalm also provides the required comfort. You know, anyone who is going through a difficult time, trouble sometime, needs that comfort, that safety, that assurance is all what is given, assured by Psalm 91. Praying Psalm 91 over our lives and over our families, for sure it brings a great assurance that God is with us. When you read through Psalm 91, you realize that, you know, God is just standing next to you. You realize that God's presence is surrounding you. It's a powerful psalm, there is no doubt about it. Praying Psalm 91 really teaches us to trust in God, but not to test God. To trust in God, not to test God. So we will divide Psalm 91 as we go further into a couple of sections, you know, for our convenience. Let's read verses 1 through 4. We are reading from NIV, New King James Version and reading from Psalm 91 verses 1 through 4. Shall we read that together? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Verse 3, surely he shall deliver you. You know, when you read this psalm, it's powerful. You can receive the power of God. You can receive the touch of God because the word of God is what we are reading. So verse 3, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Verse 4, he shall, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge his truth shall be your shield and buckler first verses first four verses first these three four verses they talk about a peculiar care that god provides in our lives so first of all we are going to talk about the peculiar care that that god provides it's an unusual care it's an unusual care if you read that psalm very closely, I don't know how you, you read that. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. It talks, talking about the Most High God. People who are dwelling in that secret place. So it gives an unusual privilege for people of God. From the world point of view, if you want to just imagine, it looks like, like you are invited into the president's house of a country. And you go into the president's house and he takes you into the inner room, very innermost room. And he asks you to stay there in that room. And he tells you, without my knowledge, nobody can harm you. Nobody can touch you. Nobody can do anything. You know, it doesn't happen. It's very unusual, isn't it? So God is assuring that kind of a very peculiar, very unusual protection for the people of God. Who will get that protection? Those who trust in God. Amen? Those who believe in God. Do you believe God this morning? Do you believe his protection this morning? Do you believe that, that God can take care of you? God can protect you this morning? Then this is for us. 
Your position in Christ provides a peculiar care for us. Secret place, hidden from the enemy. Hidden from those who are trying to attack our lives. That's where God protects us. You know, if God would not have protected your family until this point of time, today you are not here. Just because of the protection of God. This morning I pray that God may open our eyes to see that. And he says, under the shadow, when people are walking in the hot sun, they need to find some comfort and rest. They go under a tree to find the shadow. Shadow doesn't mean for anybody who is living in minus 13 degrees centigrade. Does it make sense to you? When you are in minus 13 degrees centigrade, shadow doesn't mean to you. So we don't really care about you. In the same way, people who are living in their comfort, they don't really realize the protection of God. But people who are suffering, people who are going through difficult times, people who are attacked every minute, they need the protection in their lives. And God, the word of God is talking to them and saying that, under the shadow. You know, this morning, what is our challenge? Where we are attacked? Are we attacked in our health? Are we attacked in our family? Are we attacked in our family life, in relationship? Whatever it may be that whatever you are going through, God is telling us he is like a shadow, which gives you comfort, which gives you cool. It also, you know, shadow has a boundary. Have you seen that? Shadow has a boundary. And if you stay, as long as you stay within that boundary, you can receive the comfort. But the moment you walk out of the boundary, again, the scorching sun is going to fall on us, shed our shoes as a protection around us, and we are free to operate under the, under the, within that boundary. You know, because God's protection is there in that place. The moment you slip out of that place, the moment you walk away from that protection, we lose protection. So God wants us to be in, under the shadow of God Almighty. And she says, he covers us with feather. His feather covers us. The warmth, the comfort that we get. Only those who are privileged like us. We get the protection from God. You know, only the chicks of a mother bird get that protection. Get that warmth. Not everybody. Not everybody. Only the little ones, they are willing to come under the wings. Are we willing to come under the wings of God? When we are willing to come under his protection, he is there to take care of us. He is there to protect us. And Bible says, the same scripture that we read, you will be delivered from the snare of the fowler. What does it mean? Someone who says, spread his net, waiting for the birds to come so that he can catch the birds. Snare of the fowler. The hidden agenda of the enemy. Enemy, enemy is trying to destroy our family. Enemy is trying to destroy our life. The hidden agenda of the enemy. You know, God is protecting us. He's protecting us from the snare of the fowler. And the enemy waits there. He ensnares us, trying to ensnare us. But God says, I will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And then he says, the perilous pestilence. Remember the pestilence that came upon the Egyptians? Not on the Egyptian, but on their livestock. You remember that story in, the Egypt, in Egypt? All the Egyptians' livestock, the cattle, cow, and all the animals were attacked by the plague that came, the pestilence that came. And Bible says they all died the next day because the plague came upon the Egyptians. Pestilence. When pestilence comes, that simply says, because the scripture says, 
Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. So snare of the fowler is true, it's real. And he says he will deliver you from the perilous pestilence. So pestilence is real. And he says when pestilence comes, it will come. God protects. You may get infected, but God delivers. That's the word of God. You may die, but God gives you comfort and God gives you great assurance. All of us have to die one day. But God, how do you understand? How do you realize in the midst of all that the world is going through right now, our families are going through right now, how do you appropriate Psalm 91? As I said, this Psalm doesn't guarantee a sick-free or a death-free life. It guarantees a sovereign protection of God. It assures a providential care over your family and yourself. It gives a sovereign control. It takes a sovereign control over your family. It gives you an assurance. And right now when you are here without your much faith in God, when you have faith in God, when you read Psalm 91, an appropriate Psalm 91, you just come up, you raise your level, your faith level goes high, and you know you are God. And you put your strong assurance, strong trust in God. No matter what happens, Lord God, I'm trusting in you. You know, that is assurance that God gives us as we appropriate Psalm 91 in our lives. Probably Moses was in his later ages as he wrote this psalm. He was turning back to 80 years before, 100 years before what really took place in Egypt when he was in Egypt, what really took place when he was walking through the wilderness, probably 50 years, 60 years before. And he continued this psalm, continued to write this psalm. The second section of the psalm is it's talking about Israel in Egypt and in the wilderness. Verses 5 through 10. Shall we read verse by verse? Verse 5, shall we read together? You shall, let's read together, all of us. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. As children of God, we were walking, they were walking in the Israel was walking in the wilderness during day and night. There were many things happening. They experienced lack of water in the wilderness, and there were many diseases that was coming upon, and plagues were coming upon them. There were earthquakes in the wilderness, there were snakes, and there were scorpions, and there were attacks from the enemy. And Moses was part of all this as they were going through all this in the wilderness. And he says, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. And not of the arrow that flies by day. You shall not be afraid. That's the command. And who is telling us? Moses. He went through it. There are times he was terrified in his life. He looked unto God and God gave an answer. With that experience, he's just bringing forth these words. You know, today, our life has to go on. Nothing can stop us. Our life has to continue. Nothing can stop those things, stop us from continuing our living. There are many dangers on the way. There are accidents. There are attacks. There are many other dangers. There are unexpected events and episodes could happen. But God is saying in the midst of all, he's telling us, 
you shall not be afraid are you with me you shall not be afraid everything will happen you will come across every situation in your life accidents attacks unexpected things happening to us everything may happen but in the midst of all god is telling you do not you shall not be afraid verse 6 not of the pestilence that walks in darkness not of the destruction that lays waste at noonday moses knew very well what he is talking about there were pestilence in egypt there were boils there were killing of firstborn in egypt do you remember all the story are you do you remember yes so all these things were happening in egypt moses saw everything with, with his own eyes and everything was happening to the egyptians but then children of israel they were protected and he saw that with his own eyes and he was for sure that god could protect his own people and he's telling us do not be afraid that really doesn't mean that we don't need to care for ourselves we need to care for ourselves we need to be wise we need to try to protect ourselves in whatever way we need to protect we need to do all those things what we need but over all above everything who gives the protection who god god gives us the protection you know many times we fall sick and we easily ask a question why god did not protect me i thought covid shouldn't come to my family why it came to my family why god did not protect me but listen to me many times we don't really realize many times we never got sick because god protected us we don't think about that suddenly when we meet with an accident we realize why god why it happened to me but we don't realize many times we escaped accidents because god protected us we don't think about that part we don't realize about that at times we see them we see you know damage happening maybe to our vehicle but do you realize that your lives are protected our lives are protected many times god teaching us something before something big happens in our lives god is just giving a little bit of warning be careful be careful take care of you i have given you wisdom you need to take care i am here with you that is true but you need to be careful in doing things in your life you can't jump you can't do anything the way you want you need to take care of you god is saying there is terror outside the arrows are flying everywhere there is pestilence there is plague there is destruction everything is happening and god is saying you shall not be afraid verse 7 let's move further a thousand may fall at your side and 10000 at your right hand but she, but it shall not come near you only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked moses is writing this david is, is you know compiling this i can understand how much both of them went through in their lives i understand that very much in jericho in the city of ai in rephidim you remember the battle friends that moses and Je joshua they were handling bible says you know joshua alone handled 13 battles moses so many more battles let's try read this verse uh, deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 1 and 2 
Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, these are the people they came against, children of God, children of Israel. And Moses is writing here, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand may at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. And who are the people who came against in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 1 and 2? Who are the people? Can you read that together? The Hittites, the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites. Seven nations gather, and they are mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over you, you shall conquer them and totally destroy them. You know, the protection of God, when it comes over our lives, God saves our lives. He protects our lives. And this morning, Moses is telling us, you don't be afraid. Thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 may fall at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you look and see the reward of the wicked. You know, at times people come against us. We see one family rising against another family. People trying to destroy people. But God won't allow his own people to be destroyed. Those who are trusting on God, he protects them. And you shall see the reward of the wicked. And you will see that happening in front of you. You know, at times the Bible says, it looks like the, the, the unrighteous, the wicked people are flourishing. But Bible says, you wait and see the end of their lives. But God honors those who trust in him. Let's move further. Verse 9. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. Verse 10 is so powerful. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. God wants us to increase our understanding about God. God wants us to increase our knowledge about God. How we can trust in God by knowing who our God is. How do we know our God? By knowing the word of God. That's where we find God. This morning God is asking you just to raise your level of faith that you put in your God so that you can trust him more. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Does it mean that believers will never get sick? No. We still experience pain. We still experience suffering. We still experience death. We still experience diseases because we are living in a fallen world. You know, we need to understand this very carefully because of the nature of this world, because of the sinful nature of the world. Bible says in Romans chapter 8, we will not go there. The whole world, whole world continues to groan in pain and it awaits for the redemption. It awaits for the deliver, deliverance. Bible, Bible in fact says in Romans chapter 8, 18 to 22, the entire creation is waiting for the coming of Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes again, that's the time the sin is going to be buried totally. The sin is going to be taken out of this world when Jesus comes back. How many of you believe that Jesus is coming back? Do you believe Jesus is coming back to this world? And the whole creation is waiting for the coming, the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. And until then we go through all that the world is going through. 
But that doesn't mean that God cannot heal. That doesn't mean that God cannot perform miracles. God heals, God delivers, He you know, performs miracles even today. Because we are serving a miracle-working God. You know, you need to understand. We need to bring our understanding about God. How God works in our lives and through our lives. I can give you many stories and many examples. Just one, one illustration, one story I'll just quote and move further. Some of you would have, been, would have heard about, or, or most of you may not be or may not even remember, there's a place in India called Bhopal. I don't know whether you remember, some of us would have not have been born maybe there at that time. You remember a Bobal gas tragedy that happened due to the toxic gas leaking from a chemical plant that took place on the night of December 2nd, 1984. I was finishing my school and moving into my university. 1984, I remember that still. That killed as many as 25,000 people and it permanently disabled approximately 38,000 people who lived in the suburbs of Bhopal in India. A family from Kerala, another state, they lived <coughs> very closer to the Union Carbide India Limited. You know, that's the plant that, you know, that's where the gas leaked, the, the, the toxic gas. This family was just living very close to that, that, that plant, chemical plant. So as they fear the Lord, as they follow the Lord, as usual every night before going to bed, they read Psalm 91 and they prayed for God's protection overnight and they slept. When they got up in the morning for their surprise, the entire place was absolutely silent. There is no sound at all, there is no noise. Later they went out and they found Everyone around them, they were dead. They were dead. But none of their family members, including their household, not even a chicken in their house, not even a chick in their household was touched. Nothing was touched. They realized the protection of God. You know, God still protects if God doesn't protect, I'm not here today alive in front of you. If God doesn't protect, you are not here today. Those who are listening to me, they are, you are not there alive. Verse 11 says, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Verse 12, in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Who is commanded over your life? Who is given in charge over your life? Angels. You need to believe in angels. Do you believe in angels? Do you believe in devil? If you believe in devil, you better believe in angels too. Angels are real. Moses would have never realized, if he would not have spoken these words, if he would have realized that Jesus is going to be tempted using these words. But he spoke these words. What did he say? Verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you on all your ways. In their hands they shall Bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Let's talk about Jesus' temptation. Psalm 91. Have you ever thought Jesus' temptation is there returning in Psalm 91? Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12 is what we read. We see devil tempting Jesus with the same scripture. 
Let's go back to New, New Testament, Matthew chapter 4, verses 5 and 7, 5 through 7. Matthew chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Then the devil took Jesus up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, devil started reading from Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. What did he say? If you are the son of God, he added that prefix, you are throwing yourself down for it is return. Quoting the scripture. Who is quoting the scripture? Devil is quoting the scripture. He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. What would have happened if Jesus would have jumped? Very tough question, isn't it? What would have happened if Jesus would have listened? No, the point that I want to drive this morning is the same, listen to me, the same psalm that gives you protection can bring disaster to your family. That's the word of God. That's the two-year sword. The same psalm that brings protection to your family can bring disaster to your family. If you go by our own sense, if you go by our own emotions, if you go by our own de desire, if you go by our own feelings, Jesus could have just, you know, desired, Jesus would have emotionally jumped. The same psalm that gives protection to us can bring disaster to our family if we do not know how to use the word of God. Sometimes, you know, we were overexcited and say, and we jump and we break our bones. We fall and we break our bones. We cannot be emotional and allow our emotion to wrongly apply the word of God. Do you get that? We can't allow the word of God to be wrongly applied over our lives. Many promises are given not to test God, but to trust God. Can you say that with me? Many promises are given not to test God, but to trust God. That's the word of God. That's the truth. Devil tempts us to misuse God's promises. Devil tempts us to use God's promises to gain wealth. Devil tempts us to use God's promises to become prosperous. There is nothing wrong in you know, gaining wealth by your hard work. We work hard. God bless that work. Devil tempts us to use God's promises to gain popularity. Devil, you know, wrongly tempts us to use God's promises to twist the hands of God to receive the blessing in our lives. And we never want to do that. It's not going to be a blessing. We need to be careful. If we are not, according to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, we will not read that. Paul writes to Timothy saying that we pierce ourselves with many sorrows. If we don't use the word of God, if we don't use the promises of God with the right perspective, with the right idea to whom it was spoken, when it was spoken, what was the context, we pierce ourselves with many sorrows. We can never test God. Instead, we need to trust God. His promises are given us so that we may trust God, not test God by quoting the promises. See whether God is answering by quoting the promises. No, 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 no. Our promises are given so that we know that there is a God who cares for us. Promises are given not to abuse or not to misuse. God's promises and gifts are given 
Not to be used for wrong purpose, but to build our faith, but to build our trust in God. Let's continue Psalm 91 verse 13. Israel in the desert. Israel in the desert again. Moses is again taking back, taking us back from the New Testament again back into the olden days. Verse 13, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. I'm very sure when God walked children of Israel through the wilderness, they walked over cobras. They walked over scorpions. Nothing touched them. Nothing harmed them. Moses bringing that experience that he had with God and he's telling you today to trust God in when you are in such a situation that God is able to protect you. Deuteronomy 8.15, shall we read that scripture? When you led you, when who led you through the great and terrible wilderness? Moses was again writing in Deuteronomy, in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock. What were there? There were scorpions and serpents were there in the wilderness. And Moses is writing in Psalm 91, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. Promise of God. And given us to trust in God, even when we are in that situation, God is able to deliver us. Historians, listen to me, historians and theologians, they strongly believe that there were lions and bears in Judean wilderness where Jesus spent 40 days while he was fasting. Asian lions existed in Judea wilderness even thousand years after Jesus walked in the wilderness. And Moses is writing here, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. You know, God is promising us to give that protection what Jesus experienced in the wilderness, what people of God experienced in the wilderness. God is assuring that promises over your situation today. God is giving you ability to walk over the situation. Whether it is a lion or cobra, if you are a child of God, you will walk over it. You will trample those things underfoot. You will walk over and you will come out of it. That is the promise of God. That is the assurance that God is giving to you and your family. Amen. Finally, there is a special favor. I don't want you to miss this part. Psalm 91 verses 14, and 14 through 16. Because he has set his love upon me. What a favor that God has on someone who trusts in him. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. An undeserved favor. Undeserved favor of God for those who trust in God. What a favor that God gives to his beloved. What are the reasons for that favor? Could you find that from those scriptures? Number one, you love God. Only two reasons why that favor comes upon us. Number one, we love God. Number two, we know God. Because he has set his love upon me. Because he has known my name. You love God 
and you know your God. How do you know your God? Through the word. That's why word of God is important. Unless you know the God, know the word, you don't know God. Your experience cannot tell you who God is. You need to know the word of God. Not through visions. God cannot be seen. God cannot be found through visions. God cannot be found through dreams. Because visions and dreams are capable of bringing many gods and many goddesses. Who is the real God? How do you identify? Word of God. Word of God. Word of God only will tell you who God is. Only by studying the word of God. Reason, two reasons, simple reason. You can do, I can do. That's what God expects in our lives. And what are the blessings? What are the favor? Number one, God delivers. God's deliverance. Number two, God lifts. God lifts him and put him in higher level. Third, God answers when he calls or she calls. God will be with him, her in trouble. God will honor you. God will give you long life. That doesn't mean that if you're afraid that your life may end, come to an end prematurely. God is telling you, love me and know me. You will not die until the date that I have appointed to you, for you. Finally, show him my salvation. You will eternally be saved into the everlasting heaven from the hell. This morning, I just want to quickly summarize. Shall we all just stand as we close? Just want to quickly summarize. God has a peculiar care for his own people. God provides a supernatural protection over his people in this journey that we live on the face of this earth. And as I said, the same psalm that brought protection over the families can bring disaster if we test God. His promises are given to us not to test God, but to trust God. The same God who protected Israel in the wilderness, the same God who protected Jesus in the wilderness to help them to walk over every obstacle. This morning he is giving you strength to walk over every obstacle and every threat that you may face in your life. And because you set your love upon him, because you know his name, he bestows special care, special favor over your life and your family. The favor of God to deliver you, the favor of God to lift you up, the favor of God to honor you, the favor of God that gives you long life and satisfied life and eternally you will be saved. What a blessed God that we bring, we, pay, we could paint a picture with the help of Moses this morning through Psalm 91. He is an amazing God. This morning, God is calling us to come to him.